Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi, Dan. I am great. Good. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Skype is uh, giving me ads for mortgages. Okay. So if you want a 2.9% APR, <laughs> hop on Skype. The Skype had quit unexpectedly. Did it? Yeah. Maybe it's uh, doing a refi. Mm. Mm. Boy, I get, a, I get a lot of mortgage ads. Maybe it's time get for a lot. to re-up your mortgage. Maybe they know. They figured something out. You know out. what? That's going to be step three after I buy a house. Right. Buy a house. Step one. Step one. <laughs> Profit. Yeah. I get, um, in my weather app, I get that, um, that mortgage ad uh, with the Donald, uh, Donald Trump hat. Have you gotten that one? No. <laughs> mm. What app is it in? Oh, you know, I don't want to name names, but when I'm using Weather Underground, yeah, no, uh, no copyright intended. When I'm using that, I uh, I frequently get mortgage ads. <laughs> mm. People are always like, "Here's a reason you get you get these terrible ads on Tumblr. It's because you're 50." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not sure the laser vision of the ad tracking industry is that good." Because you know, Donald Trump hat. I haven't seen one of those. I use the <clears throat> weather weather line. There's oh yeah, that's, that's pretty. Weather Underground is pretty nerdy. Um, we've had a lot of rain in uh, not just San Francisco, but in you know, it's like flooding. Like it's crazy. I saw some pictures. There's a a friend of a friend that works at a, a vineyard, a winery, and they sent pictures of. Oh God, was it in Sonoma? To- yeah, I think it's either <sighs> Sonoma or Napa or uh, or, uh, or one of the the wine regions up there. And it, everything was just flooded. I don't know what do you, how do you cope with that? If you, I just, is it a wash? The my, whole in-laws, season's gone uh, my in-laws are in danger of uh, getting flooded and they had to go to the fire station and get sandbags. It's oh my like, God. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so yeah, I've been looking at that a lot. I like, I like, uh, as long as we're talking weather apps, I like weather underground and I like the whole dark sky uh, constellation of uh, dark sky. I, at the heart of it, I think is in, API-ish thing. Yeah. I'm sure you know this, yeah. but Dark Sky is the first thing I've come across that is really good at giving you hyper-local predictions. Like, it's going to start raining st- soon. It's going to stop raining soon. It's going to rain for 20 minutes. And it's generally, like, pretty darn close. Um, so that one's really good for, like, the do-I-need-an-umbrella type stuff. The yes. Weather Underground lets you... I'm sorry, I'm a little congested. I apologize. I don't right? want to snort. Are you okay? No. My left nostril is problematic. Oh, my God. I blew, I blew, but you know, I, uh, you know, it's, uh, the struggle is real. Um, and, uh, yeah, weather underground, but you know, you got to monetize, you know, so you put the ads in and, mm. but you know, it's weird. Like, uh, you know, I'm one of those animals that runs one blocker on iOS because it makes the devices so much better. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Cause I really like that app called nuzzle and nuzzle is an app that looks at things. People you follow on Twitter have linked to. And then aggregates them in one place. And it's a great way, like if you're in a reading mood rather than a tooting mood, like, oh, a bunch of people like, oh, everybody's mad at Jeff Sessions. And that bubbles up to the top. Um, and it's really great. But then I go and I click through and like for something like New York Times, man, like I'm subscribed. But like it's really hard to log in. They got the interstitial pop up instead of a legitimate login page. Shame on you. And they're not even the worst offender though. Like sometimes I'll 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 go to some page and like Sometimes I feel bad for running one blocker, but then I open something up not in one blocker and it <laughs> yeah. like pauses my audio because I pass by <sighs> some kind of, there's a video at the top of the page and it's like, ugh. Anyhow, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. It was raining. 
I have a nostril. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, you had uh, we had some uh, really really good feedback, and I have a couple things. If we run out of topics, I, I could share. I'd love, I'd love to hear that. We well, let me let me do a couple quick ones. First of all, I mean, I don't know if you want to address this here because uh, those um, underwear people didn't pay for an ad in this week's show, but I did receive. <laughs> oh yes, this is ad ad follow up. Digga, 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 digga. Follow up. <laughs> I did receive my underpants. Good. And my daughter put them on her head and it was real funny. She's declared herself to be an underpants nun. Okay. But you know, my favorite of the things I got is the Sunday pant. My, I, I put on the Sunday oh, pant. Yes. Now I thought, I thought these were going to be just like jammy bottoms and they kind of are, but like, they're so fancy. They like have a zipper <laughs> and they have a button and they have a comfy, like, uh, stretchy waist yeah. with a drawstring. They have all your closures covered on this thing. And there's like a crease. <laughs> I put them on and I walked out and I did that kind of like a uh, catwalk thing. I, my family's watching TV oh. and I kind of walked out and I was doing this, mm, 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 like walking like this. And my, yeah. was, my wife was like, those are pretty nice. She said, you could wear those to Walgreens. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, now it's not like wearing sweatpants. It's a Sunday pant. So I just want to say, oh, what was the name of our sponsor? That's um, that's uh, Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon. They sponsor a lot of podcasts. They put silver in your underpants and la la la. And anyway, I just want to say I'm I'm enjoying uh, the Mac Weldon uh, product line. Well, I'm glad to, glad to hear it. You're finally thank uh, you for uh, sponsoring uh, Dan Benjamin's uh, Back to Work program. Right there, you go. Yeah. Well, are they going to sponsor us again? We'll I'll, I'll talk about it more if it yeah, they, again. they will. But anyway, they will should... after they hear this. Now, are, are we going to screw up their numbers if we put a link in there? Sometimes people don't want you. There's, it's very scientific no, to run these ads. Let's put a link in there. I don't care. They should send us something with a Donald Trump hat on it. But the hat, Obama wait a minute. When you say a Donald Trump hat, it, the hat looks like Donald Trump or is it a mask? Okay, real talk. You, you, so you don't ever see, there's this one family of ads about mortgages. And sometimes it's the sort of like a crappy, tasteful ad that Skype has where it's got a lot of white space. But a lot of times it looks... You know, like the, the fine print in the bottom of a car ad, like where it says, yeah. do not attempt, and, yeah, yeah. you know, terms and conditions stuff. Imagine if there was an entire ad that was like print that small, but then there'll be a headline that says something like, um, can you benefit from what Obama is doing with mortgages? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Click here, you know, smack the monkey. And, uh, and, but then sometimes they'll have like a big image. And in this one, they're trying to tell me that, that when uh, the, the Republican candidate takes office, Everything's going to change for mortgages. And so they got rates on there. And then the giant image on the background, the BG, as you say, is, uh, is a big Donald Trump hat. And you tell me, you don't, in, in, in Texas, I don't want to be creepy. You don't get that ad. I, me personally, I haven't seen it. Well, you know what? If I can get it all screenshotted for you. Yeah, I want to see that now. That's the only thing I can think about. But this, 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 this is not like the silver underpants. I mean, that's valuable stuff. If you right. get yourself a Sunday pant, woo, let's see what I get right now. I'm opening. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. And what ab do I get? Oh, got it. You Really? That fast? Oh, yeah. First try. Can I send it to you in messages? Yeah, any way you want to send it. Messages is the best choice. You really, you really like overhauled your system. Like you, you, you're, you, you're pretty wired at this point. I, yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Of course I am. Okay, it's, it's sending. It's sending. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> what do you mean wired? Hmm? Oh, it just seems like you've made a lot of updates to your uh, to your multimedia setup, your AV club you got there. Yeah. Did you, did you get that? Oh, the Trump hat. Yeah. 
That the is so weird. Does the ad says, will Trump urge homeowners to switch to a 15 year fixed, no punctuation. Right. And then you, you uh, recalculate your house payment by clicking on your age. And for me, it's selected 56 to 65. So huh. they got a couple, got a couple parts about my demo wrong there. I mean, I know I seem right, older, the little and that's purple, fine. The purple splotch is showing your, your age. That's where you smack the monkey. Oh. <sighs> so anyway, weather is a thing uh, that we're all dealing with. I want to I thank Mac Weldon for my underpants and my Sunday pants. Oh, and they sent me a really nice shirt, too. Their stuff is very well made. Um, so I'm happy to have that. See, see that's Nicky John Roderick. He's had silver underwear for so long. It's been real frustrating. Yeah, he's had it since the beginning. Now, now, Mac Weldon, if you're listening to this, and I assume you're not, but but if you're listening to this, could you please send some silver underwear to my friend Alex Cox? I don't want to say she's envious. I don't want to say she's jealous. I'm just saying this is a lady who wants some silver underpants, and she's sick of all the dudes getting the boxer briefs. So if you really want to step up to the plate, Alex Cox, Cards Against Humanity, look it up. Um, we had feedback. I'm, I got my nostril. We had feedback from one list. Is one nostril? No, it feels like it's the one. You know, sometimes it'll surprise you to get what they call Sunday attack, where you think it's one and it's really the other, or it's really both. But um, I got some coffee. I got a, uh, I got a seltzer water. Pretty good shape. We had a uh, listener feedback that, hey, hey, it seems like you guys talk a lot about humidity. I talk a lot about humidity because I am what in the industry is known as a humidity nerd. I live in a very, very, very humid town. And after some water damage from various events, I've learned the wonder of having a dehumidifier. If you live in a place with lots of heat, uh, where you need to run heat, and it's like uh, it's a very dry environment, like for example with you, now you you might be more interested in a humidifier mm -hmm. rather than a dehumidifier. Is that is that accurate? Yes. And do you do you do that right? Don't you run that in your uh, in your hobbit hole here? No, we, I don't have. I'm not using a humidifier. Okay. I have, I mean, I have used it. We have the kind that do the very, the very fine mist. Ooh, that's nice. You know, but they're not, that seems to be like the standard one that they sell now where it's more, but the problem is it's more of a mist. That sounds like a vaporizer. Is that like one of those things? Like when you got a cold, you run it? Yeah. Okay. Well, but it's not a vaporizer. It's a humidifier and it says humidifier on it. And I'm looking at, I'm looking for the one online, but it's showing up in amazon here as a as a humidifier it's not like mm. a well put it put it in notes if you want <clears throat> i don't like to be an affiliate shill but uh actually I, this is advice that i gave to to a mutual friend of ours who is both interested in a dehumidifier and is interested in the smart home uh space and so uh, i have a recommendation yeah you know no no copyright intended but uh, uh retweets are not endorsements but, but here's here's what i have um, you can get this from Amazon. I have the, and, and you know, and again, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm no sweet home. This is just one fellow's opinion. <laughs> but uh, what's amazing also, if you get the uh, Prime now, they'll actually bring this to you the same day. Uh, uh, the Frigidaire 70 pint dehumidifier with effortless humidity control, <laughs> comma white. And that's in show notes. That's the one. That's the one that I have. 70 pints means that is how much moisture it will draw out of the air before you need to empty the bucket. Now, if you put this somewhere like a basement, you can also run a hose out the back. So you never have to empty it. It just goes from a hose to like, if you got a, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you've got a drain, 
you don't have to use the bucket at all. If you want to run this all the time in a wet basement, it'll just shoot that right into a drain. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, uh, what do I like about this? I like about this that it's, it's, I mean, it's big and it's heavy, but it's got wheels. It's real simple to operate. Now, they're going to try and sell you on this, apparently. They're calling it effortless humidity control, where they're saying you can set this to like a target humidity. And mm, I'm telling you, as a humidity nerd, it is a little bit inexact. I just run it in what's called constant mode, and then I can turn it off. Now, I'll get to the smart home part in a minute. Anyway, Frigidaire 70 Pint. If you're interested in dehumidifying, if you live in a wet climate, uh, I think this is, this is a good thing. Uh, it does pull a lot of wattage to run. Now, how do I know that? It's the volts well, that, that, uh, that kill you. Is that, is that how they get you? Yeah. Well, this is where the smart home part of this comes in. Uh, the Belkin Wemo family of products, uh, which I've recommended before, if you're interested in dipping a toe into the smart home world and you don't want to go to a big hub system and lots of stuff and spending tons of money, my advice to most people, like especially if you've got an Alexa, oh God, I'm sorry. Especially if you have the Amazon voice cylinder and you would like to um, just see how this stuff might work. You don't want to go straight into Hue and spend tons of money, although it's a lot of fun. The Wemo family is kind of great. If you're only using it on one Wi-Fi network, it's it's really cool. So basically, you get a Wemo. I recommend getting a Wemo plug. And then with the Wemo app, you basically kind of register that as a thing. And then no matter where you are, if you have, you just leave the light on at the switch and you can, you know, at the uh, clicker, and then you use that plug to turn it on and off. And you can use that for all kinds of great stuff. Now, the one I like that I recommend for this humidifier, and I'm going somewhere with this. I like the Wemo Insight Switch Smart Plug Wi-Fi Energy Monitoring works with Amazon Alexa. I think there might be a little bit of SEO involved in how that is named. But it's the Wemo Insight Switch, which is like the regular Wemo switch, but it's got a couple cool things about it. It's really little, but uh, it also uh, measures how much energy is being used. And you can see it in the app. So if I pop up my Wemo app on my iOS device, I could see whether that device is on. I could see how much power it is currently drawing. And if I go in and enter in what my kilowatt hours cost, it'll actually tell me how much it'll cost if I run it at that current rate. Over a month. And that's handy. Well, it's handy for lots of things. You can buy these, they call them vampires, you know, those kinds of electronic devices that draw lots of power right. even when they're not on. Right. It can be a real handy way to see, you know, what's what. But okay, so so the total package, the reason I'm bringing this all together, um, I'm going to reveal him, my friend Jason Snell. He's the one I told about this because he was having the same problem with trying to get a smart home switch with a dehumidifier, which is that most of them, how can I explain this? If you shut it off at the switch, it turns it all the way off and you can't bring it back up with that switch. Right. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? I do, yes. And for some reason, that Frigidaire that I mentioned, alongside the Wemo, it works fine. You can, I mean, it goes into, I guess, technically standby mode. And when you hit the button or you tell your dingus to turn it on, it just, you've heard me do it on the show. It just, it turns right on. Anyway, this is for a, a small minority of people, but if you are in the increasingly small minority of people who are interested in humidity and smart homes, this is one to check out. Because it would suck to go out and spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a dehumidifier that you want to put on a smart home thing and then have it not work. I'm, I'm vetting. Yeah, I understand. I mean, one of the things I'm trying to remember the last time I used a dehumidifier, I think I've talked about this with you. I don't want to be a... You don't like want to be a broken a, record. You don't want to be repeaty Rudy. Yeah. But when we lived in Florida, in central Florida, and a, a, a hurricane came through, we were getting 
uh, flooding in some of the rooms of the house. And it wasn't because there was a leak in the roof or anything. And it's a bizarre thing that happened because as, as usual with the builder in Florida, they, they cut corners. And one of the ways that the builders cut corners is they watered down the paint that they used on the external surface of the house. So the, You're kidding. the paint on the house was a bit watered down just enough so that they could, you know, they could stretch it out. So instead of painting one house, they could paint two or three with the same amount of paint. And you couldn't tell by looking at it that that's what was going on. But the problem was that uh, these houses... The kind, of, kind of thing you don't notice until it's like, until they're gone. Well, until they're long gone. And the problem is that the houses that we lived in, they were designed to sort of look like stucco, but they don't really make stucco exterior houses anymore. It's now a cement or mixture of some kind that looks like stucco. It's not real stucco. And apparently cement, or at least this kind of cement, is slightly porous by nature, and it needs to be painted to seal it. And because it wasn't painted with enough paint or properly or whatever, it, that the barrage of wind and rain over a short period of time was enough that the cement actually absorbed the water. And because of some chemistry property that I don't remember, it there was it would release it on the inside of the house instead of back on the outside of the house. So we were essentially getting like water coming in around the, the edges of the rooms <sighs> and things like that. So we wound up having to get uh, dehumidifiers. The company brought them in that we had to hire to like do this. But they, they brought in these huge dehumidifiers. But afterwards, I thought this would be a nice thing to have. And the one that I got, we still have it somewhere. I have no idea what it is. I feel like it was a Honeywell, but I have no idea. And you could, you would run this thing and it, it did not have the hose attachment. It just had a reservoir and you could run it yeah. and it would pull the moisture out of the air as you've described. But I, even on the, it's never, Texas is not that humid of a place compared to Florida. Oh gosh, no. And uh, and so you know, it's it's the kind of place where if you if you take a shower in the morning and you hang that towel up by evening, it's completely dry, which is wow. Totally from Florida, it'd be wet for days, days. It, it would get wetter. It, yes, it would. It would it not only stay wet; it, it would become a sponge. And, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, well, I'm glad I got this big boy. Um, if we run that, and boy, this is really exciting, exciting uh, snapshots from the life of a man in his uh, early 50s. If we run that in our bathroom and it's real wet, like it, it might fill, I mean, depending on where we put it, it might fill within a day. Like it'll pull seven pints. The whole, pints. the whole, re- now how much is a pint? Like what does a pint look like? Well, I, I, I uh, paused my dingus so it won't hear me. One pint. Um, 70 pints, <clears throat> excuse me, 70 pints is 8.75 gallons. That's a lot. It's a lot of water. Okay. All right. So if you're thinking of a basic fish tank, like when you think of like the kind of fish tank, like, oh, I want to fi- get a fish tank, put some fish in there. That's a 10 gallon tank is where most people start. You're talking about almost that much, like filling up a, almost a 10 gallon tank for fish from your yeah, bathroom. In, in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Where yeah, is the crazy. water just in the air or is it do you think yeah is it, no, pull it? Just, here's a question it, let's yeah. say you've got your turlet yeah you flush your turlet and then it's got the water sitting in there you're mm-hmm. not one of those freaks who like poop on uh cedars or something right excuse me you know how they have people who don't want to use liquid so they poop in a like on on uh, mulch or something 
I didn't, but I'd love to hear way more about it. All right. Is well, that where you squat? A lot of people say, um, well, there's all kinds of, you know, Dan, we don't have time today to get into all the ways America poops wrong. But it starts with squatting and, and it ends with wetness. And, and we don't do any of that. No. We just so sit there and wait like, if, like we're waiting for a train. If you let that thing run long enough, though. <laughs> yeah, the turlet. Would it empty out the turlet? That's like, a, that's a, that is a very good philosophical thought experiment. I don't think so. Because there's a, natural you know, evaporation it, that might happen, but... If you had an unlimited number of dehumidifiers running, <laughs> if you're willing to draw over 400 kilowatts you know, per hour, <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> you, uh, you're really going to want some good wiring for that. But c- could you draw your whole toilet out? That's an and what, what if you left your child in there? Like, would they turn into like a rudimentary paste? Would they, like a would they pear. I'm not get a pear. dusty? What's the a pear? What's a plum? And then plum oh, becomes a prune. you're talking prune. about like a raisin. So I would a get prune. there. Prune. A, a, a plum is to a prune as a grape is to a raisin. So they say. Yeah. Child yes. is the father of the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point. Mm. I don't know. Uh, what, like, we don't have a ventilation because we live in a hovel. We don't have a ventilation um, thing. You don't have our... a whole house air conditioner, right? You've got the things in the windows. <laughs> uh, no and no. We don't have either. What happens uh, when only, it gets... It's only hot enough for air conditioning, like, depending on how frisky you are about needing air conditioning. I mean, you might want air conditioning where I live maybe five days a year. Because of the body heat? Mm-hmm. The HSO. Three dog night. Mm-hmm. You get them all in there. They don't say how big the dogs need to be, though, which I think is a little bit misleading. Like, what if you had three, like, really small dogs? Yeah. Could you have, like, a 12 dog night? Yeah, we needed that, yeah. So what if it was like an Applehead Chihuahua? How many of those would you need? <laughs> so you ever seen an Applehead? You ever seen yes, an Applehead Chihuahua? They're my favorite kind of Chihuahua. They're the cutest. They're the best. I ones. wish you could get an Applehead everything. <laughs> a tea a teacup Applehead Chihuahua would be. Mm. Imagine that. Mm. I can imagine that. So would uh, well here's here's my question then. Yes. If you so you're saying you don't think you could empty out the the turlet. Are you daring me? No, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yes, nice I way? am. Yes, I am. Okay, all right. <clears throat> well, this might need some science. If you I put the of... thing right next to the toilet, yes. shut the doors in there, and mm-hmm. let that thing run, how long until there it's coming up empty? This kind of sounds like a MythBusters thing. I I'm gonna say twelve years. A long time. Yeah, because you know the other problem is seventy the toilet pints. Will, well, it's got to draw say, the water from somewhere. You're saying you get it out of everything else. And let's say you put some silica. Let's say you put like, let's just arbitrarily say 700 pounds of silica packets in the room at the same time. All right. Yeah. So what is it going to do? Is it going to draw moisture? I don't think it's going to draw moisture out of the silica packets. You know, it's going to say your next toilet. Yeah. Toilet. Yeah. You're next. And then that's, that's going to do its thing. I think one of the challenges is that a toilet that is empty I think, and I don't want to talk about low flow toilets because I'm not an animal, but look, if you've got a regular American toilet, <laughs> if it gets empty, it will refill itself, I think. If you overfill a toilet, it will flush. If a toilet gets empty, I think it might refill itself. I think that's science, but I don't know. I think there's something there. Have you ever had something where you're emptying like a bucket into a toilet and yeah, you fill it up the and then it whoosh, flushes itself? No. Dude, dude, three times a week. Because guess what? Where do you think I empty my bucket? When I drop my 70p? Oh, in the toilet. To- into the toilet. Yeah. Wouldn't, now, I was imagining you would put it on into your compost heap or whatever. Oh, yeah. Right. Before I poop on my, uh, was it birch? No, what is it you poop on? Okay. 
Mulch? Is, I remember back in college, there was this guy, and he was always walking around talking about how wasteful it is to have turlets with water in them. Yep. You're just and throwing that water away. That's clean drinking water. You're, you're taking just it away. clean water and soiling it for mm-hmm. no reason. So he had a thing where you poop into, it just drops, I guess, into uh, something, some kind mm-hmm. of mulch or something. And then that, I guess, at some point, empties out into uh, your whatever heap in the backyard somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I don't even get those details. You're and saying you treat it like Brussels sprout trimmings? You just take it out? I don't know what you do. It goes away. and hmm. But it's not, there's no plumbing involved. There's no water involved. I don't know okay. how that works. But then in uh, after college, we had these two cats. And we, they were using regular, you know, cat litter, the regular kind, scoopable. Mm-hmm. And my wife got on this thing where she's like, we, this isn't good for the environment. So she switched to this like cedar mulch, same kind of stuff for cat litter though. And the cats instantaneously, I said, this is never going to work. She says, they'll be fine. The box says it'll take them a couple days to adjust or whatever. Neither of them peed or pooped, I think for three days. And they were walking around like they were just, if you touched them, they would make a moaning sound. It was, you know, oh, no. it was really horrible. They just, but it's they, for their own good. They were walking around like they were balanced, like balancing on like stick legs. It was, mm. you couldn't get near them. And finally I said, listen, I'm just going to take this out and put the regular litter back in. And I did. And they filled that thing. <laughs> They filled that thing. They so that's carrying, carrying a heavy load. So that's where I'm. Uh, <clears throat> what I'm thinking. That's what I'm asking you, really. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm interested in the idea of squatting. Yeah. Have you ever used we, a squat toilet? Like in when, no, when you like were in, in China? India? Like when I go to India? <laughs> yeah. Do they squat in China? Most uh, Asian countries, they do in South Korea. That was my first exposure to it. You've been on a squatter. Yeah, that's all I they bet it's a lot. I bet it's a lot nicer than I bet once you're over the, the initial weirdness, I bet it's an amazing experience. Well, there's a, like, there's an aspect to it that is, like, we're used to, in, on, in Western society, we're used to doing our business and it, it gets taken away. We don't have to really see it. We don't have mm-hmm. to really know what went on. Certainly, you know, as quickly as it could be taken away. And the fact that it's submerged means you're much less aware of it in any sense that you have to use. It's like like Michael Stipe says, when you throw something away, where is away? Yeah. And and, just blow your mind? Yes. And you you think you're naturally making little sausages? No, that's water doing all the work. In South Korea... It it's there, and you know that the poop emoji. Yes, that's what you get. You get that. That's well, like real. People have never been in a in a portalet. Like if you go to uh, you go to some kind of a festival where you got to use the portalet, you're going to discover what it really looks like. Well, you're, you're 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 living in a fantasy world, my friend. Not you, but the listener. And then it's it's sort of there in the little in the little toilet, at, which does yeah. flush. It flushes, and then it just slides away. But it's a very yeah. different experience. I didn't. I have to be honest. I didn't like it. No, it's more like a community pitcher's mound. 
But being um, in that I, position is supposed to be great for your, for your I, bowels. I, well, here's the thing. What I'm remembering, you've seen the television program Shark Tank. I love Shark and, Tank. Oh, I, I do too. And, and that's where we learn about the squatty potty. So the squatty potty, if you remember, is the thing that you can get and you leave it like your toilet, like that's leave it, like by your toilet as though this were normal. And it's a way for you to put your, <laughs> you put your feet onto the squatty potty, which is like, looks like about good six inches off the ground. And then now you've got, I guess you're working with leverage. Maybe it's physics. But at that point now, you are approximating an Asian poop. Right. With, with your own. Now, that's not going to solve the problem of, of house, house cat training or what we do with our environmental resources. And we still haven't even gotten to the whole dry versus wet wipe. That's an entirely different issue that we need to address at some point. Because I'll, I'm just here to tell you, buddy, every other country thinks we are monkey balls on a stick. Yeah. How do you take a piece of dry paper and think that's making you clean? But anyway, Squatty Potty, uh, apparently, according to this, they've done very well. I'm trying to remember who invested in them. They should invest in us by sponsoring uh, the program. It would be a great opportunity if you have a product, if you have something exciting that you would like to get in front of the sharks, you bring it here. Now, Dan, Dan, this week, is there anybody who had products that they wanted us to talk about on, the, on, uh, on your Back to Work program? Yes, sir. I can, uh, I can tell you about one that it, it's, it's, these guys are great and they contacted us and they're like, we want to sponsor. I couldn't, I was, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Is there anything, anything I've ever heard of? Yeah. It's, I, I guarantee you, you've heard of it. Okay. And if you haven't, shame on you. Okay. It's Fair speed, enough. speed test, speed test.net. This I is, heard about that. I've used speed test for years and I heard that they have uh, the new thing for the, uh, the Macintosh. They do. Uh, okay. So, I thought I heard about this. Hey, speed test. Thanks buddy. Speed test. I'll go get it right now. The company name that makes it, I think is Ookla. O-O-K-L-A. I think that's how I've you say Ookla. it. Ookla. And Ookla reminds me, did you ever watch Thunder the Barbarian? No, that was a little late for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm a few years younger. A lot younger. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the the cartoon was about this sort of barbarian character, and he had two cohorts. One was a, a woman who could do spells, and the other was this this thing that was sort of like like a crappy copy of Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it I think its name was Ukla. Oh, but anyway, okay. that has nothing to do with speed tests on that. Here's the thing. Everybody has been using speed tests to test the internet connection. Anytime that I think, oh man, the internet's gone down in the office or the internet's having a problem at home or we just got a change in our service or something happened or there was a repair. And the first thing I do, speedtest.net, and I, I run the test and I see how fast things are. And if then times like if I've been looking to consider, oh, do I want to maybe consider working out of this office here or do I, am I at a friend's place or whatever? Like I obsessively check. Oh, the, I, that's the, the first speed. thing I do when I arrive. I mean, and it keeps the one I use, like it keeps your history around. So you can see like how it's done in different circumstances on like Wi-Fi versus wireless. And yeah, that's, that's the first step. The part that makes it really, really cool is that you can go in and you can, you can test based on, it'll find like the closest server to you, but you can also test to other servers. So if you're like, why is my download taking so long? You can test a, a different location and see if it's, uh, if it's some other part of the internet slowing thing. Anyway, they have come out with a version for Mac and a version for Windows that is uh, an actual just, it's a full-on application that you can go. But even more than that, there's a Google Chrome extension. You can get it on your on your phone. And the new thing, wow. like you mentioned, is it's on the desktop. And that means you can just connect, uh, you can check your connection with the touch of a button instead of having to 
uh, go to the incredibly laborious process of typing speedtest.net into a browser uh, and clicking. You don't even need to do that anymore. Uh, it's right there on your app, but the app is. I'm just really I'm sitting cool. here right now waiting for the URL. I'm just wait, I'm waiting for the uh, the very special uh, uh, offer code because I am so ready to go get this right now. Is, I will screw up this recording to go and get this and use it right. You're now. You're willing to do it. all right. It's speedtest.net/slash/b as in brothers, two as in the number, w as in walrus. All right. Go there. Oh, the story checks out. Oh, you get it on the App Store. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. And it'll, right, uh, it'll fire up the app store. You click it and it's it's now a one. And it's free. Did I mention it was free? So go check out speedtest.net slash B2W. Download this for your computer and uh, and test away. I love it. And they get this such cool. I love their sensibility, the design of the app. It just lives up in the little menu bar. And mm. 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 thanks very mm. much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Speedtest. Ookla. Ookla. Okay, I'm installing, I'm installing, I'm opening. Now, I don't know if there's anything else I need to do to get this thing running, so you, we might have to edit this. I don't know if there's I'll any edit, extra steps. I'll edit all this out. Okay, right, Ookla, right. Ookla the, <clears throat> mock, the Mock. Hmm. Ookla the Mock. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this up in, uh, in a browser, mm-hmm. and I'm going gonna, gonna to play this thing, because I want you to hear this. This is real. So you keep talking, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm ready for that, because we'll, we'll edit all this out. Well, I'm uh, I'm testing right now, so I'm probably a robot for a second. Oh, look at that. Look at those MVP. Yeah, there's the robot. It's really yes. sucking up your bandwidth, isn't it? <laughs> I'm leaving this in. I'll keep that in. It's reaching you from the future where my speed is tested. Is it better now? Yeah, it just got Exterminate. better. Exterminate. Okay, <laughs> ping. Do they Ping. have Daleks 11. in the in the new in the new uh, Doctor Who's? Correct. Okay. <laughs> um, the Doctor is detected. Uh, Ping eleven milliseconds. Now Mbps. That's mega bits, bits. per second. Yeah, mega. That's confusing because I bits. usually yeah. Okay, so anyway, you can do the math on this. Uh, and and uh, so okay, so eleven millisecond ping. Download 133.57 Mbps, upload 12.18 Mbps. Pretty good up there. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, yeah, I, I, Comcast has come a long way. I'm paying for the uh, Speed Burst Pro Enterprise Plus with Silver Overnight, I think it's called. What? Well, it's an Xfinity service. X, Xfinity Admin Pro express i don't know it's called it's called blast i think <laughs> Comcast, xfinity blast <laughs> thunder the thunder the barbarian yeah here's the intro to this i'm gonna let you hear it okay maybe maybe i'm gonna let you hear it you should check your speed i gotta i gotta uh check your <laughs> speed here mm-hmm. let's see see what do you who came in here and changed things around? Who moved my pants? Who moved my shirt? Thundar the Barbarian. The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 
2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ufla the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. That was Ufla there, that sound. He is Thundar, the Barbarian. And did you hear what sounded, uh, did you hear what sounded like a lightsaber at the That's end of it? That's the sun sword? Yeah, that is the sun sword. Hold on. I want you to just hear that again. All right. Because it's it's so thinly veiled. Here. Okay. I mean, it's it's you know it's pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. I like the way Ukla sounds. Yeah. He sounds like he's slow to anger. You know, yeah, he's right. one of those. No, he sounds like one of those guys <laughs> where yeah, sure. Like you know, he's not thrilled to be here, and he'll put up with stuff for a while. <laughs> but don't make Ukla turn this car around. I think. So. <laughs> Ukla. Yeah. Yeah, the Ookla. actual the shot of him, it shows him kick kicking and smashing some kind of electrical console. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Wow, nineteen eighty. Wow, this is old. Oh, yeah. there's Ukla. He looks like a Wendigo a little bit. Yeah, oh what yeah. What do you call that? What do you call that? A Wendigo. How do you say it? And doesn't he and he always says his name, right? Isn't he, isn't that the guy? The guy Wolverine fights. He goes, Wendigo. Yeah, yeah, he fought him. The Great is Spirit of the North. For Alpha creatures that's, Is there a name for creatures that only say their own name? <laughs> Groot. Groot. The he great Groots sentence, of the though. world. <laughs> yeah, I does. and M and Groot. Uh, hey, we got, never uh, talked about the preview. The the preview hey. for the new Guardians. Hey. Oh hey. yeah. Hey. 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 Fewer hot dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ukla looks like uh, yeah, but there should be a name for that. Or like like doesn't Pikachu, the the po- the pokey person, doesn't Pikachu just say Pika Pika? There should be a whole Wikipedia. You know what? There probably is. I wonder if there is a whole section for creatures that only say their name. Now listen, I'm being a little bit normative here. Uh, creatures that we have named, okay, because of the sound they only can make. Isn't that a nicer way to put it? Mm-hmm. It's a nicer way to put it. You know what? Stop saying that that person spoke through a translator. They're not speaking through a translator. You are listening through a translator. There's a big difference. We should do a whole show about these things. I think we are. <clears throat> and, and the squatty potty. I would try the squatty potty. I get one for work. I would do that. You know, don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm trying to Sullivan say. Sullivan generator. The Sullivan generator. Remember the Sullivan generator? Is that like a Tesla coil? A lot like a Tesla coil. It's uh, the Sullivan generator developed by uh, uh, Mr. Sullivan, the inventor and women's clothes designer who came on Shark Tank with his device that would uh, basically uh, like it would cause a, a hurricane in a, to generate power. And then the resulting waste product would be gold. <laughs> it's probably my all time favorite Shark Tank. Squatting relaxes the puborectalis muscle mm. and straightens the rectum that i i i you know i gotta be honest with you i carry a lot of pressure there if you google mm. uh squat position turlet <laughs> there are a lot of and and it's not you would imagine it's going to be something not safe for work it's all very safe for work squatting safe for work I like, are, i'm a good squatter i'll squat now in asia squatting is a thing people don't squat in general like they do in asia i've tried to teach my daughter to squat She's not into it. Squatting is a great way, great way to not stand. 
You know about this, right? Oh yeah, I know a lot about this. You know what I'm talking about? I'm serious. No, I'm serious like too. My mother-in-law squat. has never sat in a regular chair in her life. She's a squatter. Yeah, well, she's Why don't people Korea. talk about this, Dan? Oh, hi. Squatting. That's okay. Funny. All right. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. When I went, when I went to South Korea and uh, we, they said one day, they said, let's, let's all go. They said this in Korean, but it was something like this. Let's all go on a picnic. And so they got their bibimbap and they drove us out and we drove to outside of the city, about 20, 30 minutes outside the city to this beautiful park areas, just gorgeous, went up to the top of this hill and I'm like, they don't have, like, they don't have any like thing. Like they don't, they just have the bibimbap in this little wicker basket mm-hmm. thing. They don't have like, don't there have wasn't any. like a picnic table. They don't have like South Not, Korean picnic tables. I was table. expecting like picnic tables, like a little grill. Yeah, fast and, internet, fast internet, but no picnic tables. Right. Mm-hmm. And it got out there and they, uh, they just squatted and start, start eating and sitting around, squatting around. I'm like, how, how are they doing this? After 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I thought my knees were going to break. And I had to sit you, down. It uh, takes a while. It's a practice. Native Native American style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, crisscross applesauce. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we call it now. The original Manhattanites. Um. So I think we've covered. Um, we got the toilets to turlets. You know, I'll try it though. I'll leave it overnight. You know what I'll do? I'll get a sharpie. I'll I'll I'll, I'll use the bathroom and I'll flush. I'll wait till it fills up till it's not making noise. I'll take a Sharpie. I will mark the level in the turlet and then I will run the dehumidifier all night and we'll see what happens. Now, what about this? What if I put some Easter egg dye into the turlet water? Okay, you following me on this? Yeah, I'm right there. Let's say I do a nice deep, like a Kelly Green turlet water. I run the living crap out of the 70 pint Frigidaire. Mm -hmm. I come in the next day. Question to you, Dan Benjamin, will there be Kelly Green water in my 70 pint bucket. No. Okay. Because of osmosis or? I think solids get left behind. I think it's only the vapors. Solids get left behind. It's only the, mm, they call it outgassing. Something like that. I remember in, in kindergarten, there was a kid who, who denied that uh, evaporation was a thing. And the teacher's mm-hmm. teacher was beside herself and she said, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> teacher beat him within an inch of his life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so that's why. And they, uh, so she took a glass and she filled it up with water and she said, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it over here. And uh, tomorrow you'll see there'll be less in there. So we came in the next day and lo and behold, there was less water in there. And he said, yeah, you just poured some of it out. Mm hmm. He does a, a uh, evaporation yeah. denier. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Last time that I was in a portalette, I had just gotten an IPA. And I could make the decision to either bring the IPA in with me or I could leave it outside. And as you'll see, I probably made a bad decision to take it in with me. Because here's the thing. You go into a modern portalette and they have designed it in such a way that there's not really any place to put things. And uh, I wanted to get in and out as fast as possible, but I didn't want to lose my IPA. It was a really long line to get a beer. And so I put my IPA under the toilet paper dispenser, which as it happened was very, very, very curvy. Oh, no. <laughs> and whilst I was doing my business onto the uh, community pitcher's mound, I see it starting to move just a little bit. And then I did this. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as it <laughs> fell, I, I very 
I very unintentionally karate chopped it and sent it into a spin. Oh no. Oh no. The the portalette and me in IPA as I was IPing. And uh and then so now I started a little bit. <laughs> so now I my reaction was I started kind of moving a kind of uh kind of rolling laterally side to side to try and, and minimize the damage. So I started peeing everywhere. So you should probably go to the bathroom before you get your IPA, is what I'm saying. And if you do get it, maybe have your wife hold it while you go in the bathroom. Yeah, really. So There's I so can't bring lessons. if I bring something into the bathroom, mm-hmm. I can't I can't it's use not coming, it. Not coming back out. Nah. It's like when Seinfeld's belt touches the urinal. Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> just leave it. Well, I think we've covered most of what we wanted to cover, but I, I got a few more things we okay. can cover quickly. All right, go ahead, caller. Uh, I had a new, um, I'll tell you what, I, I've got tons of listener feedback, but I, I haven't let you talk much. So I'll just do a couple more quick follow-ups uh-huh. <laughs> and then hand it over to you. Okay. No, I got lots of really got listener, Brian. I got listener, Nick. I've got listener name withheld. I've got listener, Sarah. I've got lots of really good feedback from people. Who are you going to start with? Ghostbusters. Okay. I'm going to recommend a new Tumblr to you because you know, Tumblr, it's, it's, it's not as fun as it used to be, but I don't know why I love this one. Who knows? This could be another one of those tumblers where they're just scraping Reddit. But have you seen Letterheady? You go to letterheady.com and it's just letterheads. It's just really cool pieces of stationery, mostly from bygone days. Frank Zappa, Marvel. Look, aren't these beautiful? Look at Phyllis Diller. Aren't these beautiful? This is something that is wonderful because I remember back in my early college days when I thought that I would one day be like, a designer at an ad agency doing like, like everyone doing identity, doing like identity. And they're like these great yeah. books at, at Barnes and Noble, which is by the way, it's Barnes and Noble, not Barnes and Nobles. Mm. And, uh, don't, Mm-mm. don't. And, mm-hmm. and, and I remember they had these like identity branding books there that were, uh, but these are great. And you know, letterheads are gone. I mean, I know. And, Look at this one. You got the Apollo 11 seal and all it says is Buzz Aldrin. Astronaut. So good. That is so cool. Wow. These are beautiful. Anyway, I I love stuff like this. Wow, Playboys is actually really um really classy. It's a teeny, teeny, teeny tiny Playboy logo at the top. That looks really cool. Wow, these are so good. Look at the Johnny Carson one. I don't see that one. It's uh listed under Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and it's got a wonderfully stylized font in, in light blue that says tonight. And it's got a little picture, a little, what we would call today an avatar of, uh, of Johnny Carson. Oh, wow. I'm oh, starting to find that one. So Is it older? <clears throat> a little further back? Yeah. Go to the, on the left-hand side, they've got one, uh, popular, click the popular link. And it's at the very end of that list. Okay. Winston Churchill. Oh, so cool. So cool. Look at that. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, look at that tonight show. That is so cool. Church of Scientology. Cool? Hitler. Wow. Star Wars. Johnny Cash um, has a good one. There's, um, yeah, there's, some of these are they're real. They're real classy. British Antarctic Expedition, 1911. Oh, so classy. Anyway, uh, to Tumblr site, you can go to letterheady, like letter, and then heady, H-E-A-D-Y dot com. And it's in show notes. Dan, uh, in as much as you're able or inclined, could you please tell people where to find show notes for ep- 
episode diggity 306 of your back to work program. 306 is at uh, 5x5.tv slash B as in brethren, 2 as in the number, W as in walrus slash 306. 306. We're on the bubble right now about Ferris Bueller. Did you, did you, you, say, didn't you say you showed your kids Ferris Bueller? Hmm. You know, I you didn't. can't Some, recall if I said that or not. I don't think I probably think need to do a rewatch, but it feels like it might be okay. And the, the jokes that are in, there's like, you know, so that's how it is in their family. Like, I don't think, I think it's going to go over her head. Yeah, so. that, that won't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Um... So that's a uh, letter heady. Okay, this is a weird one. <clears throat> and people are going to complain because this potentially costs money. But uh, Dan, we've been talking for a long time on here. Or at least I feel like I have been braying for a long time about how all of this um, onesie twosie personal tracking stuff is fun and interesting and sometimes very informative. It's neat to have a device that, you know, where like you could track how many steps you took, how many hours and how well you slept you know, how many times you meditated this week in isolation. These are all great. If for no other reason than they show trend lines, like if you track your weight every day and look at the trend line, you're going to see whether you're going up or down or where you want to be or not. The thing that I've been wanting really ever since I got a Fitbit in particular is services that can, and forgive me if you've heard this before, services that can cannily take all these different silos of information and uncover patterns in them that were not obvious to me. I mean, there's this, there's the certain kinds of things of like, well, you know, I mean, I'm guessing that I probably exercise more on weekdays where I had lots of, it might be like weekdays where I have calendar appointments or it might be, you know what I mean? Some way of like, like drawing out what it is that leads or correlates with other things. Like if I, if I had lots of steps to like a classic, if I had a lot of steps today, is it likely that I will go to bed earlier or sleep better? And like, you know, you can kind of do this on your own, but I've been looking for some, some place that like, this is what they do. And listeners or at least Twitterers, Eric and Vivian separately have sent a link to something called exist.io, which you can go take a look at. You were showing me this, <clears throat> this is a service. This is totally, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's definitely interesting. So here's there's there's things like this. I mean, there's stuff like gyroscope and things that like are, are can make a really pretty display of what you've got. You know, the basic idea is here. I've got a Fitbit. I got an Apple Watch, and <clears throat> I want the information that is gathered from those devices to you know obviously go into Apple Health. <clears throat> excuse me, by hook or by crook. But I'd like more insight into things. I would like you to find correlations that I would not find on my own, especially non-obvious correlations. And there have been several like this, but I think this is a very intriguing one. So you go to exist.io, you get an account, <clears throat> you log in. The iOS app is not super interesting. It's mainly a way to like make the connections. Most interesting data you'll see is on uh, through a web, the website. Um, so for example, I mean, I've got this hooked up to uh, my, my watch, excuse me, my Apple Health stuff, Fitbit, Withings. Pretty sure Apple Watch works with this. Yeah, it must. And so this basically sucks down that information. And here's the thing, like a lot of these things, it's going to be frustrating or useless for a while because guess what? It doesn't have enough data to tell you anything. So I'd done this a while back and kind of like half forgotten about it. And I'd gone in and looked at it and like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty. Oh, and it can also do weather. You can hook it up with, um, was it dark sky? I forget. Yeah. Dark sky. And it will, you know, um, track the weather for certain days. So it can, it can correlate that too. Like weather, it was raining. So that's why I didn't. 
I think so. I think eventually it will. So, but here's, so what I'm looking at right now. Oh, and then I think their marquee feature that I'm not using, but is a marquee feature is your mood tracking. So you can use the iOS app or email to like, say, here's how I'm feeling today, which is, you know, I can, I can see why people use that. That's, that's not really my kind of thing, but like, I can see why you'd want to do that. Like if you did a ton of meth yesterday and you didn't sleep well, you want to send a frowny <laughs> face and say, you know, I had a uh, suboptimal day. Um, so like I say, I, I'd gone in and looked at it. I was like, oh, this is cool. It looks like all the data is going in okay. Deep, 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 deep. And then I logged in, I want to say last week, and suddenly there was stuff in here because I guess it took about a month before it had enough data that it was willing to start making some connections. And, and connections it made. I mean, some of these are ridiculously obvious. But <clears throat> so your main tab here under you got goals, which is all your data stuff, you go to today, trends, you have this tab called trends. And it shows you here are the strongest correlations that it finds. Now, forgive me, because some of these are going to seem really silly. For example, something like, um, I mean, there are some like you walk more stories or more uh, flights on days when you take lots of steps. Well, I mean, I guess you could kind of, you know, intuit that that makes sense. But here's they they show this. They show you first of all what the correlation they made is, how uh, what percentage related it was, and their level of confidence as different data points. So this one, let's find a good one here. <clears throat> here's a crazy one. You ready? Based on 36 days of data, there's a 56% correlation with five stars of confidence that you get more steps when it's a Tuesday. Just behind that one, you walk a further distance when it's a Tuesday. And you know what? I can tell you, you climb more floors when it's a Tuesday. Now, understand, they've only got a month of data. They've only had four Tuesdays to test this. But you know what? I'll bet that's right for several reasons. Like one is that Tuesday is the day of the week above all others when I'm very likely to have to go places. Like there's, you know, some picking up, some doing things, some errand things that that of the weekdays, for example, Friday might be a less walky day. I know Monday can be a less walky day, but that's super interesting. You, <clears throat> you work out for a longer distance when you go to bed earlier. How does it know that? Well, it's taking the data from my Fitbit about when I went to sleep and then comparing that with the steps data to say like how, many, how much longer a distance did you go? You get more steps when you wake up earlier. And it has a note on that one. It says, well, you know, this is common because getting up earlier probably means a busier day for you and a busier day means more steps. So that's the high level that I sent you. Now, what's really cool is kind of going with this. Is this yeah, super this boring? is really interesting. <clears throat> then you go into the tab called data. And this is where you get to roll your own. And I think this is super interesting. So you get like a two level hierarchy. You have a hierarchy that has stuff like on the, on the so this is almost like Fontier mover. You like drill down into this. You got activity, sleep, workouts, food, health, location, weather. And a real good one to start with is activity. So let's say I click on activity. Well, what activity? Steps. Okay. Tell me things about steps. And this is where it goes into, you get more steps when you wake less during sleep. Kind of interesting. Um, you get more, this is a weird one, you get more steps when you spend less time working out. Now, that's only two stars of confidence. Those are some interesting ones. Here's the one I think is interesting. Under activity, you go to sleep. And then drill down into, in this case, let's say time of sleep. And there's some good ones in here. So crazy stuff, right? You spend more time asleep when you go to bed earlier. You spend more time asleep when it's a Wednesday. You work out more when you spend more time asleep. You spend more time working out when you spend more time asleep. I mean, again, maybe it's obvious stuff, but I'm going to be real interested, interested to see what this has to say after like three months of this. Where hopefully, you'll, you know, like for example, in this last week, I, I filled very few rings just because it's been so 
torrential with the rain. And it's going to be interesting to see like, well, I'd like to get to a place where it says like you get this much more or fewer steps when the weather is under these conditions. I think that could be very telling. So if I start to realize that Thursdays when it's raining are days I do virtually nothing, well, that's actually a good thing to know because now I can account for that and accommodate that with some other kind of exercise if that's what I want to do. Anyway, I want to put this in front of people. It's uh, They got a free trial and then it's $6 a month. I signed up for it. I think I'll probably pop for the year because it's a little cheek at two months free or something like that. But anyway, I thought I would present that to you because uh, I, I think taking the data that's just a bunch of data points and trend lines and then correlating it is a very interesting idea. Yeah, because these are the kinds of details that it would be either in very cumbersome or difficult, if not impossible, for us to try and track all of them and then correlate them in any kind of way that's meaningful. Like what would the spreadsheet, if you were trying to do this by hand, even look like? Oh, I, I believe me, I've tried. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, you know, kind of roughly to look at something where you could just do a, a line graph of time of sleep versus line graph of steps would be an easy one. Yeah. But, but I have to tell you, like, I'm not so much into like, how do you feel stuff? But I can tell you one use I bet would be pretty useful. Uh, if, if you're into the mood tracking stuff is it would be pretty interesting to record your mood when you wake up. Yeah. I think that sleep, uh, alarm app does that. It would be kind of interesting to like have like, okay, well just, you know, gut check. How do you feel right now? And I haven't done this yet, so I don't even know what the options are. But I'll tell you, three months of data about how you feel when you wake up could be super interesting. Because then you you map that with how much you slept last night, how much you exercised the first day. Um, super interesting stuff. And now let me just tell you some of the other connections that I haven't used, but you can use. You can hook this up with Strava, Rescue Time, right? So if you want to be doing your productivity stuff, you can connect this with Rescue Time to, I imagine, tell you things like, I spent more time on Facebook on days when I didn't sleep well. I'm assuming that's what kind of what rescue time does. Strava, uh, the run app, Strava, Todoist, a lot of people like Todoist, Runkeeper, uh, your job on up, Last FM, Instagram. I imagine that's mostly a Sherry thing. You can also get your uh, Google and iCloud calendars in here, which I have not done. Anyway, thought I put that in front of you. I thought some of our listeners might want to at least check that out, see if it looks like something. Very cool. What are you tracking these days? Hmm. Are you are you overtly tracking much of anything? No. No, I kind of, I was for a little while and I'm, I'm not. Um, no, that's kind of a boring answer. Isn't it? No, it's not. No, that's totally fine. Uh, one, because I'll uh, tell you, I'll tell you why I kind of got out of tracking it is because the, I'm, I'm, I already feel like I'm doing the absolute very best I can at the things that I'm doing, whether it's training or walking or trying to drink enough water or whatever the thing is. I feel like I'm, I'm, doing as much as I can possibly do. And so if there was to be some metric that said, you know what, you would do better to drink another glass of water or see if you could walk less or more, or not less, but more or, or do <clears> yoga <throat> an extra time a week. I'm already 100% maxed out of what I can do and still feel like I have any time to recuperate. And so, you know, like for me, it was less interesting if it comes back and say, you should do this or well i can't like i'm compl like right. i mean i don't want to say i'm can't in a sense of like yes i could make changes and anything is possible that's fine i could go get a second degree or a master's degree or whatever fine i'm not talking about that i'm, I'm saying like without i'm at the point now where without making like real significant changes i probably couldn't fit in an extra 10 minutes of walking or something so it just be became less interesting to me and i you know i think for a lot of people when they say oh try to move more try to walk more you know 
I've, I've maxed that out in my life, literally in as much as I can. Um, so, you know, how could I add more? How could I do more steps? I was tracking steps for like two months. It was the same because I couldn't, I couldn't find a way to do any more. You know, it, it, I think, I think for people who are lucky enough to live in a city where they can just walk to stuff, you know, instead of like, you know, instead of taking a Uber for, you know, for 10 blocks, walk 10 blocks. Like I don't, I've, I'm walking as much as I can here in, right, right, right. you well, know, so like I, I, I it that, became that frustrating. All makes, that, that all, yeah, well, that all totally makes sense, especially if you see this as <clears throat> something that's um, tacitly dunning you, that's tacitly like bugging you to make a change. And, you know, I understand that. It's like me and my meditation app that makes me feel bad about not meditating at the same time every day. Like, I get that. Um, I guess I feel like with me, it is, it's it's somewhere between proactive encouragement and the weather report. Where, like, even though I can't do anything about the weather, I still want to know what the weather is. And that for me is like, I like the set it and forget it part of apps like this. Of like, it's just going to track all this stuff. And to be honest with you, I will probably get more interesting results if I don't overthink it. Like if I'm trying to fill my rings, I'm going to get something like a false positive because I'm doing stuff I wouldn't normally do. I'm interested in apps that watch what I do and then point out patterns I wasn't aware of. So, you know, but, but I, you know, I hear what you're saying. You don't need another thing to bug you about what you're doing wrong in life. We got enough of that. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, exist.io. And then what else? That's that's pretty much it. Then I got lots of feedback. Why don't you tell me about one of yours? What are you? Oh, you know what? Did you want to tell me about something else that you like? Sure. I mean, there's uh, there's more to say. <laughs> Bring it up. I'm, I I I will tell you about Audible. 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 That's it. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Guys. Thanks. Thanks to Audible. <laughs> Audible. You can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about we're talking about walking. We're talking about stuff like that, and. For me, I used to, you know, back in the old days, I used to have a commute. I don't really have, I have a commute, but it's, it's 10 minutes. And for me, I replaced my, my listening time went from, you know, spending that 30 minutes each way in in a car to go to work. It was replaced with, uh, when I go on walks, cause I walk for about 45 minutes every morning. And I know people enjoy listening to podcasts when they're walking. I love that too, of course. But I really can find that there's you, your head enters a different space. I think when you're listening to uh, to a book, when you're listening to something really written. And for me, I find that podcasts are enjoyable. But there's something about a book that's a wonderful way to sort of uh, escape, almost in a way. Um, you get to you know, and like. I've read all the Harry Potter books, but I kind of like to listen to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of thing uh, where there's something different from reading it than than from hearing it read, especially with the voice talent, the amazing voice talent uh, that that's out there. You know, and I mean the struggle that we have is like you can't make more time, and we've talked about that. That's the one commodity we can't create more of, but you can make the most of it. And this is a way to turn your your walk or your commute or whatever it is into something more with audible. They made a special URL for us. It's audible.com slash B2W. And they have in, in my opinion, the best selection of spoken audio information out there anywhere 
on the internet. The the best selection of audiobooks, the best selection of original audio shows. They've got your news, they've got your comedy, they've got everything from all the publishers out there, entertainers, broadcasters, the magazines, newspapers, like everything out there, audio content, it's all there. And the cool thing is that when you sign up, you get a free audiobook a month uh, built into this thing, which is really awesome. And uh, you get the, these special sales where you get 30% off the regularly priced audiobooks. You get unlimited accents to this cool thing. They have these channels. So you get channels content. I mean, it's all there. They get a great app for your phone. Uh, and the app syncs with, uh, like, if you have the book on a Kindle as well, and you're, like, reading it, and you're like, well, I'm reading this book in the evening to wind down, but it's the morning I'm going to go out and uh, drive or walk around or whatever. It'll sync up, and it, you can listen to it be read to you in their app. And then when you get back from your walk, you hit pause, you go back upstairs at night to your Kindle. It's exactly where you left off. Like that mm-hmm. really, it's amazing stuff. Anyway, uh, go check I, this I got out. a suggestion and a life hack. Don't leave without my oh, suggestion well, and my I'm, life I, hack. I apologize. I would love to hear that. The latest book from Audible that my family has listened to is The Rook by Daniel O'Malley, which is a really good book. I've read, you know me, I'm about halfway through actually reading it. But we bought it on a whim and started listening to it. Not entirely age appropriate for my kid, but it's um it's a really good book. And we and the the the, the extra twist here is we have it read to us by the lady in the tube. So if you say Ahoy Dingus, you say, you know, uh, yo device, read me the rook, it'll start reading from wherever you left off on your other device. And this is just the best. The Rook is a terrific book by Daniel O'Malley from a few years ago. It's about a woman in England who wakes up, does not know who she is, has no memory of who she is, and starts slowly uncovering who she is through a series of letters. I don't want to say any more than that, but I can really recommend it. The Incomparable Dead, I think, did an episode about this. Uh, it's really good. And they have a wonderful uh, a woman with an English accent who reads the book. I don't know her name, but I, I can recommend it. The Rook on Audible. The Rook. So they are giving our listeners a 30-day trial membership. Uh, it's free, and you get a free audiobook with it. Go to audible.com slash B2W. You can browse the selection of audio programs they have down there. You download it. You start listening. It's that easy. Go check them out, audible.com slash B2W. Thanks, Audible. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Well, give me some of your uh, give me your stuff. I've been monopolizing the show with all my talk right, of squatting you got, you and beers. You've got a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, do you want to do you want to talk about Sarah? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, we'll take away from your time to talk about your things. Nah, this is more important. I think. I thought this was really nice. Listener Sarah wrote us a really nice email. Um. Uh, it's okay. It's okay to read this. And she said it's yeah, okay. Yeah, she said to, it's so, fine. Okay, so listener Sarah writes, "I'm writing to say thank you specifically for the episode." you did about writing emails and responding to emails to and from people you don't know. That's where we talked about, you know, oh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be, uh, you hate being bugged and you want to learn how to not bug, right? And um, she said those were helpful to her. Because of your advice, I got a job. I had been looking for a job for a few months and there was one job in particular I really wanted. I applied. A few days later, got an email asking me when I could hop on the phone for an interview. I replied right away, but never heard back. Jumping down two weeks later, I was listening to your show about how to effectively send emails to get people's attention and not be annoying. And I was inspired. I thought, hey, I know I'm perfect for this job. And what's the worst that can happen if I email again? Apparently, the worst that can happen is that the person I'm emailing has a podcast and will make fun of me for being an annoying email sender. Um, But I emailed again and it worked. I scheduled an interview and ended up getting the job. 
Turns out sometimes people do need reminders and it's okay to responsibly email them again. Isn't that lovely? Yes, it is. I'm glad to hear that worked. And we're helping people. That was the nice. show's about helping people. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just about being reminded about something you probably already know. I know that's the things that help me the most is like when I go, duh, and then like, you know what I mean? And uh, that's, uh, it was nice of Sarah to say that. And I'm really good. Congratulations, Sarah. I'm I'm glad you um, got a job. Pretty nice. We got other ones about feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you uh, tell me what you've been up to? Do you really, are you sure? Well, I'll talk about my stuff. I just don't, uh, keep I don't going want you on to feel. Hear, I never feel. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Mm-hmm. If there's time at the end of the whole thing, then I'll, I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, listener Brian uh, writes to ask about how to do better self-talk. Listener Brian says, I'm um, cutting, cutting down a little bit here. I was wondering if you had any suggestions or tips, tricks, thought, technologies for improving your self-talk. One problem I tend to have is that I know the problem exists, that I talk bad about myself to myself but in the moment i can't always stop from doing it you know what i mean i know it's bad for me but i do it anyway i thought that was a pretty good question because really it's good. really it's really really hard to do it's and so i mean i'll so make give this me one an, quick give, give, for, for those who don't know what he's talking about or she yeah uh, what? Uh, i think a listener brian and i'm pretty okay, sure is no. a boy i mean you know uh, don't be normative i know what is self-talk give me an example I think self-talk, you could think of it in a couple ways. Um, you can have it explained to you, but really you probably know from experience what self-talk can be. So you can have the kind of self-talk where you're like going, okay, it's time for me to do the big pitch. I got to go in there. I'm going to do visualizations and I'm going to mind putt and like get ready to go in there and close the deal. Like that's kind of overt self-talk you know you're doing where you're you know trying to get yourself excited or pumped up about something. Uh, I think there's another kind of self-talk that's much more common and much more pervasive evil which is the kind of self-talk where you're constantly reminding yourself that you're a bad person who doesn't succeed at things and that it's probably not worth bothering to do almost anything because you won't succeed and you will once again find out that you're just not good at things so i think that's that's the that's the when we talk about that sort of self-talk i think that's what he's probably talking about is like, you know, the kind of breasts are fresh, a snaggle breasts, or I'd never butt you, butt right. you know what I'm talking about? That's, yeah. When I think of self-talk, like, I mean, if you've got a kind of self-talk where you're going, everything is awesome. Well, like, congratulations. That's a great kind of self-talk if that's working out. But I think for most of us, it is, um, and this is really the heart of what I would say to listener Brian and everyone else is like, um, the, this, the, the second part begins <laughs> with thinking about whether that's the kind of self-talk you want. But the first part that's really, really important is the the very big first step is to realize that self-talk exists, which sounds crazy because you're thinking, oh, obviously these are people walking around like muttering to themselves. But self-talk does not even have to be a voice. It doesn't even have to be sentences. Again, back to some recent discussions we've had on here, it could be an emotional reaction that comes out of a thought without you realizing. I think that counts as self-talk. So let's take a common example. Um, If you're the sort of person that, let's say you're having a hard time. Maybe you're an introverted person. Maybe you don't have the time or the money or the flexibility that you would like. I've been in that situation. I've been in all of those situations. I am frequently in all of those situations. And you know, the last thing that I want is to get invited to a party. Isn't that awful? Mm. Wouldn't it be nice to get invited to a party of somebody that you, you know, have really liked, loved in the past, 
Doesn't it make sense that you go, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm invited to a party. But what happens to most of us if we're not in the best place? You, I feel like I will immediately start running through this array of every way that this could turn out bad, right? You know, if it's a money thing, oh my God, I can't go out to dinner with these people because what if they get uh, expensive bottles of wine and I have to split the bill? And now I'm thinking about having to explain my life to these people. What if it's a time thing where you say, yes, you'll do it and then you have to cancel and now you know you're going to disappoint that person? Or what if you go, you know what? I just feel really ugly this quarter. Like, I don't like the way that I look right now. I hate my stupid hair and my crooked teeth and there's no way that I'm going to go be in front of, I probably have BO and don't know it. Are these somewhat familiar things? Has anybody ever had these feelings? Or maybe you're just like, Ugh, I'm just going to stay under the blanket with a flashlight and read Superman because we get to those places where we know there's the potential for, for pain or discomfort. And there's this constellation of things that are less painful and more comfortable. And sometimes that is really pulling yourself under a blanket. I'm, maybe I'm being extreme here, but I, I think that's something you could, we can all locate somewhere in our psyche is that feeling of, okay, here's the very long array of reasons why I feel bad about this thing that could potentially be a good thing. D does that make sense? Yes. And I think, I mean, I don't mean to be personal, but you've probably had thoughts like that. I have thoughts like that constantly. We're like, it's the same reason. Like every time the phone rings, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, what is this going to be? It's just a sound on a computer. Why am I having an emotional reaction to a sound? Really think about that. That's crazy. I think that's a kind of self-talk. I think that's a kind of negative self-talk. And every time that you cringe when the phone rings or whatever, like that builds and builds and builds. And you know what? Here, get ready for the second arrow because now you're bracing. So in this case, if you if you find yourself feeling kind of crummy, you might want to say, I wonder if there's any self-talk component to this. And that does not have to be talking out loud. That does not have to be an overt voice. But it could be this kind of a feeling of heaviness that things, you know, kind of even like low-grade depression, where like you automatically suck all the color and liveliness out of everything that comes along because it feels safer than doing anything else. Now, there could be other situations too. You think about like... Um, like maybe you're in a school band or maybe you're in little league, or maybe you're thinking about joining chess club and like all the thoughts that go through your head could be, is there, is there a thought that goes, Hey, this could be an interesting challenge. Well, for most of us, for a lot of those things, it's going to be, Oh God, no, this is just going to be another series of public humiliations. And I've had enough of those. So, um, anyway, that's my case for self-talk being a thing. So my idea is to, first of all, Start to notice that. If you notice whether you tend to feel a certain way when you think a certain thing, or maybe conversely, like if you tend to think a certain way when a certain thing in the world happens, or any any of those connections, but start trying to kind of notice those connections. Because the connection is really just this little synaptic spark. The interesting part is what happens as a result. And this is we're getting straight into cognitive behavioral therapy, I think, at this point. But if there's a thing that like semi-automatically happens whenever another thing happens, that is worth exploring. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be painful. But start noticing that when this thing happens, I feel or do or think this other thing. And because that to me is tends to be the trigger for self-talk. And that's where your mind goes spinning off in a million directions. I might be just projecting here, but I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So look for the feeling, start to notice it. I would say acknowledge it. And now, you know, remember we talked, I think last week about like how I mentioned how I'm not a fan of what has been called positive thinking, but I am a fan of reframing and I am a fan of like trying to introduce rationality. 
uh, into situations. Or, you know, re reframing is just another way of saying, wait, stop. Like, what's really going on here? Is there a way I could choose to think about this differently? And I, I could, I'm really, I'm, I'm really splitting a fine hair here to say this is not positive thinking. But like, when something does come along, try to catch yourself and like hear the self talk for a minute, and then maybe just as a thought exercise, try to say like, well, I'm not only not not going to listen to that, I'm not going to talk that, and I'm going to stop this. And wonder if there's any other way that I could look at this situation, and that's difficult. And it's not a permanent solution, but it is a way of realizing that the thoughts you have are things in your head that are not directly equivalent to you. And you do have agency over how those thoughts or that self-talk in this case right. get spun out in what you do. And uh, one reason I picked this one is that I heard, I really like the singer uh, Regina Spector. I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. Uh, if you don't know her name, you might know her as the woman who sings the Orange is the New Black theme, but she's got tons of great records. She's, she's just wonderful. I'll put some, I'll maybe find a video or two of her to put in. I think she that's was the, on, the only thing I know by her is that theme. Um, uh, it could be, she's had, um, she's had a couple like not hits, but yeah, like she was on uh, the new Prairie Home Companion this weekend. She was fantastic. By the way, it's a great show. Chris, Chris Steely is doing a great job on that show. Uh, but she and the shins, like when's the last time you expected Regina Spector and the shins to be on Prairie Home Companion? But before that, uh, she's got a new record out and she was on, I want to say all things considered her morning edition. She was on somewhere being interviewed and she's, she's just delightful. She's originally, she was born in Russia and came to the U S with her parents. They were very poor. They had a very, very tough life, but uh, you know, and she's had her ups and downs. So what I'm getting to here, she said something that I found extremely sweet and extremely moving. And I won't be able to do it in the same charming way that she said it. But my wife and I both heard it separately and we're both like, that's the best thing I've heard all month. She's talking about how she recently had a kid and how incredibly stressful it was and like how difficult it was. And the interviewer was asking her about this, like, like how this is going and how this affects your music. And, and she said, well, I feel really lucky, but I still have all this anxiety. So Regina Spector says, um, uh, like I had a lot of anxiety because I was just thinking, God, our world is so complicated. And so I was really worried about everything. And then my mom said, well, when I think about you and your brother being little, I just think about how fun it is to be a parent. And when she said that, some kind of weight lifted. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, there is this uncertainty and I can have anxiety about it. Or I could just try and have a lot of fun and laugh and just enjoy the fact that we're just these silly little people that are a little family now. And that, that really hit me. I was like, oh my God, yeah. how much of my time every week do I walk around deciding that my life is a drag instead of going like, which it's not. Like that's so bananas, but that's the self-talk. The self-talk is you walking around going, boo, things are hard for you. And when she said that, we're just silly little people that are a little family now. I was like, you know what? I have a house full of silly little people that are a silly family. And I, if I can't find a way to be delighted by that, shame on me. So that's, I'm, find a way to abstract that into whatever your self-talk is. But like, you know, I guess one of the things I'm saying here is, first of all, you should listen to Regina Spector. She's really great. But also, like, stop taking yourself so fucking seriously. Yeah. Cut that out. <laughs> no, that's we, we We catastrophize whatever we're feeling into the state of the world. It's never, not never, it's very easy to do that right now. And it's very easy to find evidence, external talk as well as self-talk about how everything is in the turlet, as Dan likes to say. I would just say find a way 
find a place in that to like discover where that voice is coming from. Listen to it just long enough to identify who it is talking. And then maybe try to figure out if that's how it has to be. Is that voice telling you things that are true? Or is that voice just telling you something you've repeated so many times that it almost feels comfortable? And I would say, track that voice down and then ask yourself, like, is this, is this who I have to be? Could I have a little more lightness? This is not a new idea. This is something we've talked about a lot, but like, I need to be reminded of this a lot. And so thank you to Regina Spector. And I hope that's useful to listener, Brian. That's a good one. <clears throat> that's a good one. Yep. I will put uh, some of her tunes into show notes. Let me throw it to you. Give me one of your things. Are you, are you, uh, you got any updates on the PC? I do. Yes, I do. Um, I'd love to hear it. I mean, I, I have a lot to say about that. Actually. Oh, yeah. I will talk about whatever you want. Before we do it, let me thank our final sponsor for the week. It last is, sponsor we'll ever have. The last one we'll ever have is because uh, an ultimate sponsor. Yes, it's uh, it's Fresh Books. Fresh Books. Fresh Books. The new it, it is the new year, and uh, you know we don't make resolutions here on the show, but I, I make one. I make one year uh, per year, and that is. I'm going to try my best to uh, to to make this new year the best year ever. That's my one thing that I. Go That's in, a pretty in. good resolution. It's the one. It's the one I. I feel like I can do it all year long. It's not too specific. So who's hammering over there? Someone's hammering. Oh, they're that. fixing the the door to the building. That someone busted the door of our. You know how you know that there's that little elbow that attaches to the top of a door that oh, opens. Oh, I know the elbow. Closes, the closey elbow. The closey mm-hmm. elbow. It is somehow someone busted through it. And the doors has been, these doors are going to swing wide. And uh, that's what happened. That's what happened. I just tell you not to do that. (laughs) Okay, then. Every morning, my kids watch that. So this year, it's going to be our best year. Well, our friends uh, over at FreshBooks, they want to be part of your awesome year. They make cloud accounting software that is now being used by over 10 million self-employed people to save time, to save stress and to change the way they deal with their paperwork. Uh, the new version of FreshBooks, it's been rebuilt from the ground up. They paid attention to how we have been using it. And they said, you know what? These are the features that people really like. These are the features that we will focus on and and make even better. And you know, there's other features that people don't use that much. They'll still be there, but like, we're, we're going to make the the way that people work just so much easier. We're going to make it. And so what they, one of the things they did is they added this new projects feature. You can share files and messages with your clients, with your contractors, with your employees. You can see how much faster things are going to happen when all of your conversations live in one place. They also added a notification center, which is like almost like a personal assistant in a way. You know what's changed in your business since uh, you last logged in. You know what needs to be dealt with pronto, like overdue invoices. Everything else is built into it. They got your multi-currency invoicing. They got online payments. They got mobile expenses while you're out on the go. Mm. You take a picture of your receipt uh, on your phone using their app. And it, I mean, it makes expenses easier. Everything is just, it's just done for you. And uh, if you want to go learn about this, they are giving our listeners a month-long unrestricted free trial. It's over at freshbooks.com slash work. Again, freshbooks.com slash work, And you enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section when you're signing up and uh, help support the show and support yourself. Uh, if, if you do any kind of freelance, if you run a small business, if you run a medium-sized business, uh, go check out FreshBooks. They're, they're an amazing company. They've been around forever. I've been using them 
since long before they ever sponsored anything. And uh, you got me into them. fresh books. Freaking Dan Benjamin is I the one that? who's like, Hey, get, you know it. Like you're the one who said, <laughs> look, you know, if we're going to be doing this stuff together, you need to get on the fresh books. And it's going to make it easier for everybody. I was like, you know, I'm actually got, I've got a place. I, I, a place I really did like, um, for this stuff. Who's also a great service, but I moved to fresh books and I never looked back. It's so easy to do. It's so stress-free. It's got the power features if you need the power features, but if you just need to dash off an invoice to somebody and then decide how you want to get paid, like it's just, it's just click, click, click and you're done. It's the best. FreshBooks. Boom. FreshBooks.com slash back to work. Thanks, FreshBooks. Buck, buck. That's mm-hmm. it. I put, uh, make sure this is in notes. I put my favorite Regina Spector song into show notes. It's a song called Better. Um, that's really, really good. That one goes, you got time. That one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might. I should listen all the way through. Yeah. Um, uh, she said a couple good ones. And I want to make sure I put the link to her appearance on the radio in there. I will take care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yes, yes. Regina Spector's new album reflects on darker side of life. Speaking with Audie Cornish. Audie Cornish. Regina Spector. Dan, tell me what's up in your life. What's going on in your neck of the woods? <laughs> okay. So I have uh I have decided, you know, I've been very much okay. So okay, roll it back. I got my kid a P mm-hmm. a, I got my kid a PC because he loves to play the games and most most, if not all the games he wants to play are on Windows. Or at the very least the best support is on Windows and the best graphics cards are on Windows and uh everything else are on PCs anyway. So I got him this computer back for his birthday slash Christmas present, and it's uh, I got a good enough machine that it uh, it'll last him for a good long long time. And in using this machine, which is running Windows, I realized you know it's the Windows world is not so bad. The PC world is much better than when I last left it. And a little background info: I used to uh, I for a living I used to be like a what we would call a sysadmin running the Unix systems and things like that. But also I spent a lot of time building and uh, configuring and installing and supporting a large uh, user base of Windows PC desktop machines. And I built, I've built hundreds of PCs probably, uh, many of them for the companies I worked for. And then I realized, wow, this is, this is something I could do as a side business. So I actually started... I had, I think, three businesses where I built computers for other people. One was just sort of like, I'll, I'll build you a Windows machine, sure, and I'll save you money. Uh, and then the second one was a little more serious, where I was building FreeBSD servers for people. This is back in the day when if you wanted to host a website, you probably needed like a, a server, and that server would need to live in a data center, or you would want to do your, do your science on a BSD machine. And so I was building those kinds of machines and selling them. And then uh, for a little while, I was a, a licensed BOS authorized reseller building BOS compliant B boxes, essentially. Is it B-E-O-S? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's one piece I don't remember. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, I loved it. Was it was so pretty. Oh. I had a BOS theme so for cool. uh, OS 9. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, and that didn't last very long, but, Mm-mm. uh, you know, I built a lot of PCs, but it, it's been a very long time since I built one, uh, myself a very, very long time, because even though I was doing this kind of thing for work, I always preferred my Mac that I had at home. And I, I, you know, I might have a PC around the house for whatever reason, but I, I was, I was always been really a Mac user. And 
you know, we've we've complained about the Apple status uh, long enough that I don't think I have anything else to add to to the things that you and I have said before. But having this PC at home kind of reminded me of, you know, like this this might not be such a bad thing. Well, the problem is I'm I spend building Fireside and and other things. I spend most of my time doing Rails development. Rails on Windows is notoriously difficult. I mean, it's it's the least friendly place to get Rails set up and running. And there are lots of people who have emailed me with their suggestions or their own experience saying, oh, you can do this, that, and the other thing. You can use Docker. You can, But it's just not a natural experience. And I still think that, uh, that Mac OS or, and or Linux are the best places to, to build Rails. And can so I ask I, a question hey, just go, quickly about that? Yeah. Is that because of the lack of a Unix underpinning yes. built into Windows? Yes. Okay. They don't have one. Now, they do have, there is a Ubuntu Linux distribution apparently has been working with Microsoft to come out with some kind of Linux subsystem that you can run, but it still doesn't let you do many of the, so for example, the, the Rails stack that I would be using uh, would obviously involve Ruby. It would involve Rails. Uh, I would need to run PostgreSQL. I need to run the GOIP, the free GOIP process, because that's how we process our stats. When there's a download, we want to show you that this download came from Orlando, Florida. So we need that service running. Uh, I mentioned PostgreSQL as the database that we use Redis. We use, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things that that we're using that are what you would call system level services that you need to get running on your machine in order for the Rails app to talk to, to have this full development environment that works just like our server is going to work. So it's not a matter of just writing a basic Rails app that maybe talks to a SQLite database. It's, it's, you know, this is, this is a full application that I'm supporting. Plus we need all the, all the other things to, to deploy with, whether it's Capistrano or the Heroku tool belt, whatever. So there's enough there that makes, makes it, tedious to do this on on windows on linux and mac os it's a, a bsd unix of course too it's a no-brainer it's, it's couldn't be more straightforward uh to build it especially with things like homebrew on the mac it's super simple to grab a terminal grab your shell and then you can run your unix commands uh, and and you're good to go it's, it's wonderful it couldn't be better so you know my struggle has been i would love to use a pc and take advantage of this very, very affordable, incredibly powerful hardware that's out there. Tons of tons of RAM, tons of storage, amazing graphics cards if you want to play games or just hook up with a couple monitors. But uh, that's off limits to those of us who really want to use uh, use Mac OS, which I do. I prefer Mac OS. So to be clear, like that's my operating system of choice right now is, is Mac OS. I like it. But... Uh, and and the big problem that I have, and the reason that I'm not using something like Ubuntu uh, as my primary operating system yet, is because I've been struggling. I am, I I really like the Mac user interface. I always have. I've always preferred it to anything else that was out there. Maybe except Motif back in the old old school, like Sun OS days, uh, before OpenWin. Ugh! Don't please don't. You can get me started. I can't. I won't go there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't presume to Don't. get you started. And just just to clarify for dinglings like me, you're talking here because you talked about Hackintoshes before. You're talking here about getting your development stack running correctly and efficiently on Windows <clears throat> with the Windows operating it's system. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen in Windows. But, but but you're not talking about building a Hackintosh. That's a different I am. Kind of no, thing. I am. 
I am. I'm leading oh. up to it because. Oh, okay. What, wow. Yeah. Because what I have realized is most of the time that I spend on the computer, I have a browser, I have a terminal, and I have a text editor. And I use TextMate mostly, but I still love Atom uh, a lot. And Atom is great. I think there's a sublime uh, text editor for, for Linux also. So in theory, I could do everything I wanted to do on a Linux system, except for that occasional period of time where I'm like, you know, I really wish I had this one thing or I can't do logic on it because like the audio editing stuff on Linux is not very good. So the, you know, I always find that I still once in a while have this need to to boot something up or to to need to use mac os and the answer of course is people would say is build a hackintosh computer which for people who don't know is a uh, a way that you you when you're building your pc you pick components or components with Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. intent of them being compatible with what mac os is expecting because as as we all know Mac OS runs on into you know Apple makes Intel machines now they're not uh they're they're up to date using Intel machines so a lot of the components whether it's the motherboard or the audio components or the CPU whatever it is it's all so there's a a realm of equipment that you can get when you're building this machine certain motherboards that will be supported perfectly or close to perfectly by Mac and people have uh gone through the trouble of finding out which ones work and which ones don't. And you can go, there's one site which I'll uh, I'll put into the uh, show notes here. It's Tony Mac x86 is the name of the website. And they have put together, I guess Tony, Tony has put together, and the people on the forums, a very uh, comprehensive list of these are the parts that you can get when you're building your PC with the intent of being able to run Mac OS on it. And so you get those parts and then you put it together and and install some additional software following their guides. And it allows you to install, if you want, Mac OS, even Mac OS Sierra. Uh, And and then once it's installed, nowadays you can do updates. Just normally it it used to be that you couldn't do updates before. Now, there is the issue of breaking the uh, EULA, the end user license agreement, by doing this. And basically, when, when you're installing mac os 10 or any operating system or any software i would think for that matter um you've been given a license by apple to use that software but part of that license agreement that you're agreeing to is i will use this software of which i have been granted a license in the way that you tell me i can use it which specifically is on apple hardware on a mac that i bought from apple or that is authorized to run it and some of the things that go into installing this on a PC involve, obviously, this is a PC you built yourself. It, you're not allowed to do that. So you're breaking the end user license agreement. Now, could could Apple come and sue somebody for doing this? I, I think they very well could. Uh, would they? They never have. It's probably not worth their time. Mm-hmm. But it, it's possible. So uh, that's something that it, it would be a, a risk anyone who would want to try that would have to be willing to take but well certainly if you're you're thinking about deploying a bunch of these in your business then you're gonna have that cost that's worth thinking about right and and if you know it's it's probably not worth it to do in that capacity but for me i am curious to see if if how how something like that might might work as an experiment uh you know the other thing that i've been doing is experimenting meanwhile with other linux distributions and the one that's come to my attention 
is uh, is one called Elementary, and it's called Elementary OS. And they are billing this thing as a, it's elementary.io, I'll put it in the show notes, a fast and open replacement for Windows and Mac OS. And what they've done is they have created what is, in my opinion, the best user interface I have ever seen on Linux. It resembles Mac OS in many, many ways, but it is essentially an Ubuntu-based system. What that means for people who aren't in the Linux ecosphere uh, is it uh, it is using the package software installation system of Ubuntu the all of the benefits of running an, on the Ubuntu system which is a very widely supported well known well documented uh, isn't that one of the friendlier distributions it is probably next to elementary it's the friendliest but here's something that every anyone who would want to could do is you can go onto their site and you can download and install it onto a little USB stick and you can boot your machine, Mac or PC. You can boot it and you can try out elementary without having to install anything. And it just gives wow. you the desktop. You can try the browser. I tried this out first on an old, I think it's like a 2011 uh, Mac mini that, uh, that I had. And this thing runs so fast. It's and it looks gorgeous and it works great and i'm blown away by the additional apps that they've built they've got a a customized browser they've got a calendar app they've got um a really good mails a mail app and a photo viewer and the music player and a video player and all this stuff that um that i've been really really impressed you know the holdout for me is once in a while i need to run logic once in a while i need to do some uh, some work in s- something that is specifically Mac only. So I'm not I'm not yet sure what I'll be doing, but there's a lot of stuff on the Windows side for video editing when I need to do that that I could just reboot into Windows. I have a Windows license, so you know you can you can install multiple operating systems on a single PC. So you can install Windows and you can install any Linux distribution or many Linux distributions, and you can also, in theory install mac os if you have the compatible hardware so that that's my that's my current project and um yeah it uh i'm 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 hopeful that this will be a better solution for me this is ambitious yeah yeah so we'll see what do you um in doing the risk assessment and risk management of this what what are the things you think might present the biggest challenges in doing this the biggest challenge that I've heard is because you're talking about using PC components and you're trying to essentially convince Mac OS that it's running on a Mac. That's basically what you're trying to do. Or you're, you're trying to convince it that it's running on a Mac and that, that the hardware that's there is hardware that it, it should be able to use or it should like. Um, they have made these really, really great installers called like UniBeast and MultiBeast. And there's a huge community of people out there who have uh, done wonders to make this process pretty simple. It it comes down to like installing a piece of software and then checking some boxes and rebooting. And like all of a sudden your system just works. The biggest challenge seems to be getting um, to getting the Wi-Fi working. A lot of people have trouble with that. And then there's like fan controllers and other things that I don't really know. Um, installing Linux and Windows and dual booting between them, that's, I've done that a billion times. There's nothing to it. But uh, And building the PC itself has gotten so much easier than it was the last time I was 
in the market for this. It's it's super simple to to build a PC these days. And so I have I have shared uh or I will put it into the show notes um the basically the system that I have built and it comes in right around 1000 bucks. And uh and it'll, it'll wow. yeah, it'll run now that's without a screen because I have a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh but it, it, we're talking about something I think I got configured with 32 gigs of ram and and like a, a high-end cpu and tons of storage and ssd and like that's you name insane it. that's crazy and you feel like like i mean uh, this has got to be obvious but like this this works like this really is a thing it is really a thing it is very much a thing i can't believe this is still possible it just feels like there's got to be things because you remember for a long time before i i got rid of my old cheese grater i was running a hack <clears throat> that let me have I, I don't remember the names, but basically, you know, in order to have a semi-modern OS ten version on there, I was running this hack version. I forget what it what was it called, Mac. But anyway, that was uh, you know, that would break and then they'd have to fix it. It was, you know, I guess not unlike jailbreaking. Right. I mean, is there a risk here of Apple changing stuff that makes your thing not usable sometimes? I mean, th- that there is the risk of that. Uh, they they could... See, it seems like they would go out of their way to do that as often as possible. I think they have tried to do things like that, but they've never... I mean, there really isn't that much that, that they could do. There was some kind of CPU signing thing or something for a while that they, that these guys circumvented. I don't think Apple cares. I really don't think that the Hackintosh community, it, it's, it's not, if you're a regular, if you're a regular person and you've built your own Windows PC before, this is even harder than, than doing that. And most people will, will never build or want to build or even try to upgrade their own existing PCs anymore. That people just generally don't try to do that. They don't want to do that. Um, so I, I think this is just so, so not important to apple uh th- that that they just don't care they get, they get enough bugs on their own machines without really? introducing new ones a bunch of people have said to me dan if you want to if you want to use a, a mac so bad why not just get an imac it's the perfect machine uh you know and i i don't disagree with that it's a beautiful computer it's a beautiful machine i'm still old fashioned enough that i like being able to upgrade my machine. And I've had a few people on Twitter say, I got a 32 gig 5k iMac with 27 inch screen. I don't feel a need to upgrade. I'm like, well, of course you don't feel a need to upgrade. It's a brand new maxed out machine. Of mm-hmm. course you don't feel a need to upgrade, but I love being able to just throw an extra couple discs in there. And now I've got an extra 16 terabytes of storage if I want it, or, you know, upgrading the graphics card, uh, because there's new, you, you want to support more screens or there's new games or there's something else, you know, that we forget that, especially in the PC world, upgrading your machine, that was always a big part of the allure of a PC, at least to nerds like me, and that you could, you could upgrade your machine. You yourself could do it in a very, very f- short period of time. But, you know, I mean, even, even when... Hmm, I'm talking to my butt a little here, but it seems like even when, after Windows 95... And Windows had become very mature. It was still a little bit more like owning an MG, where what people liked that you could that you took care of it, and you got used to like what reinstalling, Windows. completely reinstalling yes. Windows like once a year, right? That yep. was just part of what you did. In the same way that like if you have a sports car, you're going to have to do stuff to it that you don't have to do, you know, to uh, to your uh, Toyota. 
And uh, but, you know, it's just an, with Max for a long time, they gave us what we wanted mostly. And then they took care of stuff. And I, I mean, I think we've all anybody who has in the past added their own RAM. A lot of us, you know, you've bought third party RAM and stuff like that. You take it out when you got to bring it to the genius. But it's just that now there are way fewer options for doing any of that with their own hardware. Yeah, there really are. And I think it's OK. It just but for me, there is no there is no Mac Pro out there that I want to get right now. and. The world of Windows is is not really the place I want to spend much time living in. Uh, maybe the answer for me is this elementary instead of Ubuntu. I don't know. I'm ex- I'm experimenting with it, uh, but I am I am going to be building this machine. I've already bought a bunch of stuff for it, and uh, and I'm very curious. I know it's funny because I know a bunch of other people who I had not been in regular communication with who, when they heard I was building one, have said, "Oh, I'm building one too." It on Twitter. There were so many people that replied to me that are like please talk about this. Please make a video of this and show us how it goes and show us how it works because we, we, I want to do this too. Uh, so, Especially uh, if, it co- if it costs less than a new iPhone to try it. Can you believe that? It's like, yeah. it, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, this is just a little bit more money than my iPhone. It's crazy. Well, there are iPhones out there that cost more than that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very interested to hear how it works. It's going to be so weird the first time that boots up and works. I know. And I'm going like, to be bumps, but you know, that'll be, that'll be part of the process. Yeah, it definitely will be. What's uh, what's the uh, next step? The next step is, uh, all the parts have to come in and I have to put them together. And so I'll be making a video of that when I do it. Probably, hopefully everything will get here this week, but I'm planning on doing it maybe like Monday week from week from yesterday. Hakuna Matata. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm keen to hear how this works. Me too. You could be our savior. Maybe. maybe. I, don't. I need to get into building a PC. That's what I need. You need to build a PC. I mean, that's what you get to start doing. Uh, first, I got to get this mortgage. Let's see. I click on the hat. 56. Mm. Mm. Good job, Dan. Another classic in the can. Yeah. Six of one, half dozen of the other. There you go. It's all the same. Okay, buddy. Let's button it up. I all love right. you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 